Yes, sir. Yeah, we get them. Why we do it? Why we do it? I do it for the turn up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of our podcast. My name is Ari. My name is Felicia. And you are listening or watching to Pitchworthy, which is our podcast about faith, sports, and everything else under the sun. Today, we are going to be talking about, once again, transition. We've been talking about transitions lately. Um, And this time, we're going to be talking about what it was like transitioning into college and just, you know, our college experience in general. So, um, Felicia, what do you have to say so far about this? I think that this is just um, such a kind of loaded topic. I think we have so much to say during our college experiences. But what would you say that was like prior to coming in? Like, what were your expectations? And we can talk about the reality after. The expectations, I just, I don't know. I'm even trying to go back because... I committed to Cal State Fullerton when I was a sophomore in high school. So I had like almost two and a half years of just going through all of these different, you know, thoughts of like what college would be like. I guess I expected it to be difficult because I knew that going in, there was going to be obviously girls that were more experienced within like the collegiate field. Um, more experienced than I was just because they were older but I don't think I it was a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be personally like um, I went through a lot more than I thought I was going to I realized that I had a lot to learn physically I had a lot of practice and work that I had to put in skill wise that I just didn't think I didn't really prepare you know I wasn't expecting that I was going to have to do as much as I did in college before I came in. Um, So that was, I guess, what I would say my expectation was, is that it just really wasn't, you know, I I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was. I didn't think it was going to be easy, but when I got to college, I was like, oh, wow, like this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. On a side note, did you ever, did you ever um, expect or even think that you were going to be, conference player of the year amongst all the sports I would say not in the beginning especially not in my like freshman sophomore year it was just so rough for me my freshman sophomore year I wasn't starting um I was working really hard but I I have a hard time recognizing the tiny victories of things so even if I got a little bit better I wanted to like be this much better you know so I was just like I, you know, I didn't have the confidence in the beginning, but then as I got to my junior and senior year, I think that I just got more mentally mature and physically got more mature in how I was looking at the game, how I was playing the game. And going into my senior year, I just set really big goals for myself. And that was when I truly believed that I could um, accomplish great things, but I wish that I had come in with that mentality in the beginning, but you know, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about you? What were your expectations before coming in? Before coming in, I think for me, 
coming in, I had like a lot of high expectations in terms of performance. And I think that definitely weighed heavy on me during my sophomore year when I experienced that like burnout and just transition from, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. I don't know what to do. I didn't expect this to go on like this. So man, I just think that it was just such a roller coaster. So within golf, everything was just such a roller coaster. It was good this week, bad the next week. And then in terms of year-wise, freshman year started off pretty well. Sophomore year hit the sophomore year slump. Uh, junior year trying to get rid of that slump. And then senior year, all of a sudden, like my last semester, just was able to finish strong and PR. But in terms of what I didn't expect to is how how much I enjoyed being in a classroom. Um, I was a total nerd. So I just remember um, school going so smoothly for me. And it was just so different because golf was this like kind of platonic, good, good here, bad here. But school was just kind of this constant success for me, especially after coming back from a study abroad in Greece and meeting a bunch of good people to study with and good friends on the classroom to just support me while I was gone competing for tournaments because that's something we had to both deal with was um, be away from be away in the classroom because we had to be in competition somewhere else so yeah I enjoyed school so much I studied kinesiology and yeah it was it was great. I mean, you saw me. You saw me studying. Yeah, always. always. We studied a lot together. Yeah. So, yeah, and even so, we got to get into this the sophomore slump. I feel like we both had really crazy sophomore years. And I was just going to ask why do you think that you didn't experience that as much your freshman year? Because, you know, the freshman year is kind of that trend. That is the year that we're transitioning over from, you know, high school to college. But then it always seems like there's this like sophomore slump. So I don't know. Why do you think that that happened for you your sophomore year and not your freshman year? I think coming into my freshman year, I didn't have much expectations in terms of I wasn't sure how I expected to do well. And I think I did. But. I didn't know how that was going to play out. Sophomore year, I kind of was more aware of how things played out. So I think the expectation was even higher. And the fact that I didn't even meet kind of the same deal that I did my freshman year, I think that was really frustrating for me. And then all of a sudden, you know, when that frustration hits and you're doing so much, it's just you try to start questioning all these things like, God, what is my purpose? Why'd you bring me here? What's my identity? Um, I'm being stripped away of being one of the best freshmen or I've been stripped away of having this scoring average. I don't have that anymore. Right. Yeah. And I think like I kind of went through the same thing, very similar. Like, I mean, like I had said, my expectation when I got to college, it was harder. My freshman year, I realized this is a lot harder and there's a lot of girls that are really good and um, our our dynamics looked a lot different because softball is just a bigger team and golf is a smaller team. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was almost like, okay, you know, I'm a freshman, I'm going to learn the ropes. And if I don't play this year, let me just take in as much information as I can. Let me learn as much as I can. Let me work as hard as I can. And then sophomore year, it's like, 
all right, I know the ropes. I'm going to make my mark and I'm going to work as hard as I can. And that was when I set these like super high expectations. And it's not bad to like have high expectations of yourself and goals, but I was so, my worth was so intertwined with these goals and expectations. And I was like, either I'm doing great my sophomore year and I'm feeling good or I don't reach these goals and I'm going to feel terrible because, you know, my, my worth was so intertwined with that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of related to that in a sense of, I just, I felt like I should have had it all figured out after one year of, (laughs) of college. Yeah. You, yeah, you hit the nail in the head in that. Cause I think that what you said is so, I guess, profound and so real. Um, in terms of expectations and all all of a sudden hitting that slump being like oh my gosh I don't know what's going on right now yeah yeah looking back can you like pinpoint I guess like so I mean our senior years we're, we're pretty mature and whatnot can you look back and pinpoint kind of like what were the toxic things that were going through your head or things that you almost couldn't even see outside of because you were so deep within it. Like what were some of those things that you struggled with, but didn't realize until later? I think I struggled a lot with, I hate to say this, but you know, like having my worth set on how people saw me. And a lot of that was a lot of authority figures, like my coaches, like my professors, um, my senior teammates, um, putting my, worth in that and that happened subconsciously you know I feel like I never really I never really faltered in terms of oh I'm not gonna play for Jesus right now and I'm gonna consciously you know play for these people it was a subconscious thing and I didn't realize that early on I was I was kind of in denial about it and um when all of a sudden like I wasn't playing well and I felt I felt like and this wasn't real because you know, I, I brought it up to my coaches and they were like, no, that's, that is not true. That's not how we see you. But yeah, I just, I just thought that all of a sudden, all these people, I was letting all these people down and they didn't like me. And just because I wasn't playing well anymore, I didn't matter to them. And I think that's just such a lie that the devil just kind of like put into me, um, during that time, which didn't help at all. And, um, I think too, you know, like for me being so fixated on the stuff that, I was having a hard time with. So during that time I was struggling a lot with my swing and I just felt like there was no way, there was no way to get better. And, you know, working harder was going to hurt me even more. And on top of that, I was starting to experience back pain and cause I kind of experienced that at the end of my freshman year, then it came back again, my sophomore year. So for a little bit of the season, I was a little, I was not doing great. So I think just all of that, you know, will kind of lead you into this place of kind of questioning of frustration of just, yeah, confusion and being like, I think for the first time, just feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel so stuck. Like, am I actually like in depression right now? Like, I don't know this feeling. Um, And I know we've talked about that in the previous podcasts of, you know, like all these questions when we were younger, but at that time too, like, again, like it just seemed like it was the biggest thing in the world. Right. Because I mean, when we're younger, sport is 
I mean, it's all we really know, you know, it's something that we've loved to do, but I don't know something about when you get into college is just, I think it's probably the stage, you know, I mean, you're on a bigger stage, you're around people that are, you know, their game is better and you're playing against people where the competition, I mean, it's at its peak. And so all of a sudden now there's even more pressure to perform well. And it's just, then it, like you said, it seems like it's the biggest thing in the world. It's like, oh my God, my sport and I'm not doing well. And it just, it's tearing down your life. And it's like, how did I get to this point? Like, Yeah. <laughs> once again. Yeah. yeah. What about you specifically? Like, can you pinpoint some times where, you know, you've, you wish you could have stated or seen those telltale signs beforehand? Yeah, for sure. I think that my biggest thing is I have a very like white knuckle grip on things that I want to do or how I want to be things I want to accomplish. And I'm not very patient with myself. Um, like I've said before, I, it takes a lot for me to recognize the small victories. I want you know, to see the big outcome right away. And that's just not how life works. And I, I know that now, but back then I just, I saw myself over here, you know, on one end of the spectrum. And then I saw some of my teammates way on the other side of the spectrum performing well, doing all this great stuff. And so even when I'm, you know, slowly but surely making my way towards that end, I'm, I'm not seeing it and I'm totally blind to it. And if you're blind to it, you're just going to get set back even more. So I think I just kind of had this really tight grip on, on this high expectation for me, this picture of myself that I wasn't able to reach, you know, my current place. And I think one of the best things I, I did my sophomore year, um, kind of when I reached the end point, I could have done this before I reached a breakdown point, but I just let go. I was like, this is not worth it. I can't, I can't keep putting myself in so much pressure. I can't keep having anxiety attacks. I can't keep, you know, hating going to softball and stuff every day because I'm pushing myself so hard in my sport and expecting so much of myself. And I kind of had this moment where I just said, I don't care anymore. Not that I don't care about my teammates or, you know, anything like that, but it was just, I can't care this much anymore. It can't, it can't beat me this much if it's going to hurt me so bad. And it was crazy because I think this is kind of the first time I had surrendered a little bit. I don't think I'd surrendered my sport completely to the Lord yet, which maybe we'll get to that another time, but this was almost like a preview of what it was like to let go um, let go of something that had such a hold on my life and try to search for that in the Lord, or at least just search for it. You know, I don't even know in what way, because, you know, if you let go of something, you have to grab onto something else. And I think that I was starting to realize, okay, this is where I do this with, with the Lord. Um, but what it looked like to play with God was hard. I didn't know how to do that. I knew I had to let go of doing this all on my own, but I didn't know how to receive the help of the Holy Spirit yet. Um, but yeah, I think looking back, I just, I had to let go sooner and I, I eventually did, but it was just at a point where I was at my ends. You know, I just, I almost gave up softball because I had just held onto it so tightly for so long. 
Yeah, I remember that time kind of so vividly. Um, we were both kind of at our ends. And I remember us being in the parking lot of the softball field, just kind of just both at our ends rope and yeah. not even having any answers to answer to each other, like answer our questions. And I, I, I didn't know how to help you and you didn't know how to help me. But we just we just kind of were like, all right, we'll just we'll just go through this together and we'll see what God has for us. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I'm so encouraged by how you fought through that and was able to see kind of the product of what happens when you surrender. And I mean, I think for me at the end of that, it didn't really look like, oh, I was able to score home runs or I was able to help my team win another um, conference championship. But um, it just was kind of a time for me to persevere and some sometime where God really you know, taught me that my weakness is where he's magnified and glorified. And I think it's the first time I really, really struggled the most with identity. I know I've touched, we've kind of touched up on that, like, on our earlier podcasts about how when we were young, we had this like thing about identity, but we didn't really grasp what that was. But I think right. this time I completely got to grasp what that was just, you know, like, as well as, the Bible studies that we do with AIA. And that was also another thing I think on my plate was um, I was, I started leading AIA that, um, that semester of my sophomore year and starting that. um, So just even like, it was insane just teaching some Bible studies on identity, yet I was struggling with it myself the most and feeling like, oh, I can't really talk to anybody about this because I'm the leader and I'm in this like leadership position here right now. And I was kind of fed this lie that if I wanted to, you know, preach Christ to people or like share the gospel to other people that my life had to look really good. And I had to be like, just, you know, a flawless role model. And I think that really contributed to the, just me feeling so down and me feeling alone at that time. Um, Just going through this time where I felt like I can't even tell anyone that I'm struggling because if I tell someone they're struggling, I'm struggling they're going to think that my God's weak and that's not true at all. Um, It's not the best place to be in, but it's not true. Um, So being able to go through that time, thankfully I had good counsel around me. Um, God provided through that. But I think later on for me, the big win was being able to go to Greece with, with all the Kinney students that were on the Greece trip and just, kind of really getting to the bottom and the heart of what is sport and how was it created? Because in that time we were, we were studying the origin of the Olympics, what the ancient Olympics looks like, how, who were the ancient Olympians. And so just kind of getting to the bottom of what was, you know, man's design for sport. And then just kind of intertwining that at a time where I used that time to reflect by the end of my sophomore year. Okay, God, like what, what did you design sport for? And what's my role in it right now? Like, do you want me to continue this? Cause I was still kind of at a crossroads in my life. And I think that was just such a relevant time for me. And I don't know, I wouldn't change it actually um, for what it's worth, but would you, would you change it? Man, that is such a hard question. Everything in me honestly wants to say yes. But then I also just know that um, like if I hadn't reached the point that I did, I don't think it would have been as much of a revelation a year or year and a half later that was made, um, when I went to UTC, which is 
ultimate training camp. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's through sports ministry called athletes in action. But I mean, they basically just, I mean, practical ways of how to combine faith and sport together. I was talking about earlier how when I let go, I, it felt so good, but then I didn't know how to literally tangibly bring God into Sapa with me. It was so hard. It was something that was mine my whole life. I had never surrendered my sport to God. And so um, then I go to UTC summer of my junior year. And I think that's when I finally learned what my motivations were. My motivation for playing was fear. And I think that if I hadn't have gone through what I did my sophomore year so badly, I wouldn't have seen how profoundly the Holy Spirit just rushed into my heart and was like, let me take this burden off you, the burden you've been feeling for like your whole life in Sopel that you didn't know, like, here it is. There's just this crazy illumination of like, oh my goodness, like there it is. There God is. I found it. And I mean, that was just one of the most profound things of my life was to understand what my motivations were and how the enemy was just using it against me. So crazy. And so I experienced this crazy hardship, but then there was this like (laughs) even more crazy, just redemption within it of God, just picking up the pieces for me and going through it slowly with me and changing the motivation of just I'm accepted no matter what. And my worth is not in my sport. And I'm talking to the Lord on the field. It was like, oh my gosh, I know it took this long. And it's, I, you know, really, I was only able to play my senior year, 100% fully surrendered to the Lord. But I would go through those three years again, if I could experience that freedom, it was like chains being taken off. So Sometimes I feel like we want to skip the the bad parts, the valleys in our lives, but those valleys are going to make the mountaintop so much sweeter and so much just, it's going to show the glory of God. Like you cannot experience those things without God. Like it, it just is so evident that it's not of you. And so I guess I would, I, I would say, no, I, I wouldn't change it because I, I wouldn't have been able to see how profound God's power is. I mean coming in and changing something that I never thought I could, I would be able to get through. So I'm just super thankful for how the Lord has provided. Even if I would have rather had it come earlier, I, the timing is just, you know, it's his plan and I have to trust in that. Right. And I, I like that you like kind of hesitated on that um, because yeah, like if like, especially the perfectionist in us, like if there was yeah. ever a way where we could at least shorten that or like lessen the casualties, we would have now, right. now that we know what those were. But I think too, just all those things that you've kind of said with identity and how that's affected you and going through what you did in UTC. So I think we went, yeah, we did go to UTC the same summer. It's just that you went to so- Southern California UTC. I went to Puerto Rico's UTC. Um, yeah, like the impact that that had that had on me just being able to take whatever um, I already knew about the Bible practically into my sport. I feel like growing up because my parents were always like, you know, you compete for an audience of one, you can you play for God. Like I always knew that it was something that 
I had to give to God and had to surrender, especially too when times when I was younger and I would kind of, you know, be nervous and scared about the competition. Like I would, I would, it was, it was kind of like a safety net or like God was like a safety net that, okay, it's okay. God, God's got me. Even if I didn't know how that looked like practically at that time. Um, and as well, I think I grew up thinking that I really wasn't talented enough and I wasn't good enough because I was surrounded by all these like awesome junior golfers and I was trying to be the best and you know as you said like earlier you just don't realize those little victories when you're you know with people who are performing so well or you're just so hard on yourself so I think for me like it was always a safety net and a stronghold to know that like I'm doing this for God and but how that looked like every day at least in practice to me and just like really having that reiterated that you know what I do in my sport is my way of worship especially during the hard times for me in in senior year I think senior year I was a little I was I, I will say I was a little burnt out coming in a senior year I think mm -hmm. I had a lot of expectations sophomore year and those were like crushed and then I tried to get back on it junior year and then junior year didn't turn out as well as I wanted to either. So I was like, okay, like, I'm just, I'm just going to focus on school and I'm just going to have fun. And, you know, uh, okay. I, I didn't really tell myself that I was going to check out, but I think I kind of did for the first few weeks of my senior year. And then as well as I was always trying to catch this like all American thing. And I already did my junior year and I felt like, okay, like, thankfully I've already done that. So I can do whatever, like, so not me like all these like thoughts kind of like so I think I was just really discouraged at that time but then yeah I think everything changed for me and yeah it wouldn't have been evident if I didn't go through you know trying to control all these minute details my senior year and my junior year of just trying to get out of the slump trying to be better if um if I didn't go through that I wouldn't have really appreciated what it really was like to just worship God in the moment and in every moment of every day in the small things like in practice just being there for a teammate worshiping god through that and just worshiping god through the hard work that um and giving my best because god deserves my best because of who he is um and i think that sometimes that's also something that i kind of take for granted is i you know i say oh i'm gonna worship god and i'm gonna play my sport but it's just sometimes it's just something i say but then really understanding and the deeper I get to with my relationship with the Lord, um, the more it just becomes natural. Like, okay, God, like you've been there for me. You've believed in me when no one did. Um, you fully know me and you fully know my worth and you've given me all these things and in you I'm secure. And heck yeah, I'm going to play for you. Heck yeah, I'm going to, heck yeah, I'm going to do my best in every practice. Heck yeah, I'm going to serve you and all these things. So I think that wouldn't have been a strong impact on me as well if I didn't go through that time of transition. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's like just that reliance on the Holy Spirit too. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I missed out too on this, like, like focusing on the Holy Spirit and that connection with the Lord too. Like you said, there's points where you say, um, like, oh, Jesus, you got me. Oh, God, I know you love me and all these things. And for me, I was telling myself that, but I wasn't really like connecting with God and, and you know, the, in the small moments and the tiny details during the games. And once I invited the Holy Spirit in, like, it was just, 
it was so different. It was so radically different. And like you said, it just becomes more natural because it's like you and the Holy Spirit are just like this partnership as you're going throughout sport and going throughout daily life. And it just becomes a part of who you are. And that doesn't, like I said, it doesn't make it easier or it doesn't mean you're going to like hit a thousand home runs or get a hole in one, you know, but like, I mean, there's just this sense of like ease within your soul of like, okay, God loves me and this doesn't define my worth. And I 100% believe that like before I get on the course while I'm playing and after I get on the course and um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool hearing you, hearing you talk about the different years that you have played, how, you know, it's been harder some years, easier other ones. Some you kind of just more took, I don't even want to say like a, like a backseat, but more just kind of relax a little, a little bit more like your senior year, but how God has carried you through and how you've had that mindset, you know, regardless of God loves me and, you know, Jesus is my safety net. I think that's really cool to see how that operated in the different years that you were playing. Mm-hmm. Would you say too, with all the ups and downs that we've gone through in college and just the identity portion of our sport and who we are in Christ, would you say that it's actually, there's also a certain struggle to your identity when you're doing well, when you're labeled all these things and you're associated with this number that you actually like? Um, I mean, for me, I feel like I've never really, I've never really struggled with being like, cocky in a sense of like if I did well like my senior year there was a point where I was just doing so well and I never really felt like oh like I'm untouchable now you know I had confidence but I never really felt um like better than or superior or whatnot I think I had just been really humbled the three years prior (laughs) and if anything I kind of had this fear of okay like don't don't lose this, you know, um, like you made it up here, like try to stay up here. And even in that, it's like, okay, well, where's the identity issue in that? Well, if I, for some reason ended up not doing well the rest of the year or say I got injured all of a sudden, it's like my self-esteem has like been brought down with my batting average or been brought down with the fact that I'm injured. And then it just creates this fear that I'm like, okay, well, I need to work harder so I can stay up here. I need to do. And then it's like, okay, no, like whether you are not batting well, or you are batting well, just remember that God is the most important part of your life. Remember, he's the one you play for. He's the reason for all that he is the one who identifies you who says who you are and that's it like that's literally it like you don't have to think about the average you don't have to think about all these things you know and I it's it's hard like it's like really it's that simple and like I think that's I mean out of the sports realm and just into general life I mean the simple gospel is Mm -hmm. it's simple but it's hard to Grasp. grasp onto because it's like how can Jesus just love me just (laughs) because like he loves me you know and um and so even in sport it's like what do you mean I'm loved and accepted even if I'm bad or what do you mean like if I were to somehow lose it the rest of the year that doesn't make me less of a like huh but it's like it just doesn't because God says it doesn't he has already told you who you are he's already stamped 
your worth on you. And it's this thing you have to constantly remind yourself of. So I think that there was still a sense of identity. I don't want to say crisis because I was navigating it better my senior year, but more just, I always had to remind myself. There's not a day that went by that I was like, all right, I got this figured out and I'm chilling. Even when I was successful, I had this, almost this fear. And I think fear drives a lot of my identity. That's one of my main things that the enemy uses against me when I struggle with identity is fear of what other people will think or fear of failure, all these things. So that's why I'm working really hard all the time, um, either to stay on top or to get to the top. It's like, there's always going to be that fear of, you know, I don't want to fall or I want to get better. Um, so yeah, I would say that even in the success, I kind of had my identity wrapped in it, but not in a cocky way, more of like a, oh, I, I just want to stay here so that I can feel good about myself, you know, and that's problematic. Right. So it just shows like we need God every, every minute of our lives, no matter what. Right. Absolutely. Man, like just you saying that just like brings me back to those times where I think we've had so much conversations in college where it's like, well, no wonder we're struggling with this because this is what we do day in, day out. Like we're trying to catch a number. We're trying to beat a record. We're trying to reach a certain part so that we can travel with a team. Um, So, I mean, it was just, you know, this like chase for us. And then all of a sudden it's like, we go back and read our Bibles and it's like, my worth is not in that. And it's like, okay, all right. (laughs) right like yeah like rolls eyes like okay yeah exactly but it's like oh no this is actually gonna like set me free (laughs) yeah and I think once like once like we've experienced that freedom when we've played I think has been like the best moments would you agree um of us actually being out there on the field in the course 100% and I think too when you realize like for me I I realized too in that moment that this is bigger than me and also that sports is a huge mission field. And I started caring more for my teammates, mm-hmm. started wanting to have more intentional conversations with them. I was leading way differently because I was a leader on my team my junior year, but I was so concerned about myself. I was really just concerned about myself because I was so fearful of failing And when I got to my senior year, it was like, well, if I fail, my teammate can pick me up. I need to make sure I'm there for her instead. And, you know, I'm just, I want to share the gospel with my teammates. I want to be the example for them. I can show them that God's here in the good times. I can show them that God's here in the bad times with me too. I think you had said earlier, Felicia, that you felt like if you weren't doing well, people were going to be like, well, I don't want to worship that or I don't want to be of that faith. You know, and I, I think I had that, that mentality before. And I think this freedom of, like we said, our identity, not being on our, um, our performance shows other people. Like, I mean, when you're walking around confident in your purpose and you're not doing well, people are like, I want what she's got, you know, like, how do I feel that way when I'm down and out? Cause everyone feels down and out. Everyone's going to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think to just realizing like, this is a lot bigger than me too. Like I can be an example to my teammates. I can share Christ with them. They're going to be able to see God working in my life and they want to know how, how this is happening. Yeah. And 
That brings me back to the sermon in our church this week. The title was When Life Isn't Fair, Focus on God. But also I think ultimately what you're saying is like focus on others as well. And, you know, like we see crazy things happening during those times. It's like being for a teammate and like what that could mean in their lives. And I guess like, you know, like we talk a lot about, oh, like bringing God the glory when you play. It gives us like eternal, you know, eternal joy and all these things that come with it but then as well as you know when we're there for a teammate they're going to remember that for a long time and they're going to treasure that moment and um they might they they might they might not but that's like one of the seeds you can plant for eternity and in those times i've realized what really matters right now i think god really broke me that time to realize like what does really matter and i think what really matters is things that I can invest on for eternity, like my relationship with my teammates, my relationship with my coaches, or just, you know, being, being there for them and saying like, I I was there too, like a couple years ago, I was there last year, I was there last week, I was there yesterday, I was in the position you were at, or just being there for them. And just all of a sudden, like, you know, when you're broken at that time, too, I think God really just keeps you, you know, keeps you humble. And you start to realize, like, not everything's about your performance um there are bigger things that come out of that it's exactly like you said it so well just you know being there for your teammates kind of helping them out you know like resonating with a freshman who might be struggling or mm-hmm. you know warning the freshman of all the telltale signs about the sophomore year slump I mean yeah, I wouldn't trade I remember telling my teammates on, and that's true. I didn't just say that because it was a good hype thing to say during that time. But I think on the last like college um, game day, I told them that like my greatest accomplishment is being your teammate because mm-hmm. after all of this is done, after yeah. I the person I walk out after the course, it doesn't matter whether I'm holding a trophy or not. Like I still carry the person I am, and you know, like mm-hmm. they've shaped me um, in my memories with them that's shaped me a lot so just the joy and honor of being able to walk alongside people not even just not even helping people not saying that like oh like yeah like I like helped all these people just just the joy of walking alongside someone in their triumphs and successes and in their failures and the pits of their life um is something that I'll really treasure eternally um and who knows what that will bring you know it's so rewarding that's, I mean, that's the ultimate reward, like you said, after you're done with sport and can walk away holding on to that. And that's something that you've done so well for me in my life. Um, really quick, just because I'm sure we're probably running out of time, but um, you, um, you texted me one day before a game. It was a big game and we were playing a, a pretty good team. And you had said, good luck today. Remember who, it, remember what's most important here wins are wins losses are losses but there's like a there don't forget the eternal prize don't forget the prize of eternity make an impact in someone's day today for eternity and that was just it gives me chills even thinking about it I had to screenshot it I posted it on Instagram too I was just like this is what it looks like to just use sport as worship and to also just you know have your identity in Christ like it was just such a good reminder and it totally eased me. And I had a different goal in mind as soon as you sent me that text. I think my goal shifted from I have to win at all costs to just 
I have to win at all costs, but in another way, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to give up my, you know, my priorities in Christ today. It's not going to happen. Whether I have the worst game or I have the best game, I'm going to try to impact a teammate. I'm going to involve the Lord. That's my goal today. And whatever happens, happens. But it just totally shifted my perspective. And I think that's something that as an athlete is really important to always have that eternal prize in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like at the end of college, I remember talking to you about this, but we didn't know what that was going to look like for us. Like I knew like I was going to go to England and play sports, but I wasn't also sure like how that looked like. And I think for you at that time, we weren't even sure yet whether you were going to Denmark or wherever you were going at that time to play pro softball. But I remember us having conversations where it feels like you're kind of at the end of your life um, and you're trying to not at like, oh, like some part of you is going to die, but more more in a sense that you started you start to like really see what things are and you really start to see what matters the most. And yeah, I remember just that being kind of my mantra the last few times that I walked in the golf course with an F on my shirt, with a Fullerton F on my shirt. Um, and just saying it's not it's not what it's not the trophy that I walk out that defines me or whether I even walk out with a trophy at the end of the day, but it's the person that it's the person I walk out with and just the memories, the people, the hardships, the successes, you know, like the late nights in the car talking about practice talking about how to navigate this situation with the team, talking about how to be a better captain for both of us. Um, Those were the things that shaped me. And that's the person I was. And I think just realizing at the end of that, it's another thing that gives you eternal value is your character and how you act around your teammates. It's not just, you know, being a helping hand, but really the person that you are. And I think that really is what's going to attract people, especially if you want to make an impact for eternity is make sure that as early on, you know, the person you are walking into that you have that identity set, you have that, um, you have your eyes on Jesus, not to say that you're ever going to struggle with that, because that's definitely helped those struggles helped me help my foundation in that not say you'll ever struggle in that. But yeah, like in a sense, hold on to that as much as you can. Yeah. 100%. Any other closing remarks, Ari? Just one last quick thing. I'd say that this translates off the field too. Again, like if you're an athlete, like former athlete or someone who has a job or anything, I mean, the, the lessons we learn from being, you know, in faith and in sport, they completely transition over to to regular life, I guess. I think sport is a microcosm of life and is almost just practice for for life off the field and so I mean whether you have a job right now and it's coworkers or you're a coach of the sport you play I mean it, it never stops the ministry never stops and your opportunity to glorify God um through your body and through what you do <clears throat> through the work that you um are facing um it just it never ends and I think that I think that that's such a beautiful thing because it just means God's always giving us opportunities to grow with him and grow with others. So, um, I wouldn't, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this, who's a former athlete, even not to feel, um, 
feel like the impact that they had on the field can't be had off the field either. I mean, like you said, these things shape us and we walk away from the field with these eternal gifts that are going to keep giving. So um, just keep going out, make an impact where you can um, and always glorify the Lord and give him the praise. And he's going to, he's going to bring fruit from that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just think for me, at that time and during those times, just even I think the hardest thing I had to deal with was feeling like God's favor was not on me, which is a total lie. I think once I've gotten broken from the chains of the fact that God's favor is always on me and nothing can ever change that is something that has set me free so much. So I don't know who needs to hear that right now, but just know that like God's favor is always going to be in your lives. And no matter what, no matter if you feel like you can't get out of the situation you're at, I mean, you know, we've all gone through those things. This pandemic has brought, has brought those trials and has opened (laughs) our eyes to other things now and we're transitioning to other things, but know that God's favor is always going to be in your life. And as Ari said, you know, worship God in the moment. So yeah. Um, that concludes our time and yeah we just want to thank you guys for just listening and tuning in i hope you can continue this conversation with a friend um anything else sorry no i think i'm good thanks again so much guys for listening in i hope that this can help you in some way and yeah just like felicia said remember god always has favor upon your life no matter what all right god bless and go titans <laughs> Your favorite <laughs> phrase. Oh my god. See you guys. See you guys.